Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, Commanders fans? Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Commanders. This is Anthony Armstrong, the original one three, riding solo today on this episode, uh, but it's all good. Um, shout out to Brian Murphy. I hope everything's going well with you down with the fam. Uh, and everybody listening, shout out to you as well for taking the time to come and hang out with me for a few moments uh, to talk a little bit NFL action. We're going to talk a little bit commander's head coaching search here on this episode. Um, it seems like there's more interviews that are happening and they keep having to have second interviews with people. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit, and we can also touch up on a little bit of the uh, little bit of the playoffs. You know, look back at some of the past weekend's games, what happened, some of those storylines, uh, and what we led up into coming up in these championship weekends. So, uh, first off, just give a good shout out to the folks over there at Bet Online. They're our sponsor as always. And if you haven't, do yourself a favor, slide over there to BetOnline.ag. Use our clo- code Believe B L E A V. That's going to get you a fifty percent welcome bonus if you're a new user. Right. If you're a new uh, member on that website, you get to give that stuff a try. So we use them for our lines and our picks and things of that nature. So we're going to hear about uh, what some of the spreads are in some of these championship games coming up later on here in the show. But first things first, there was a a post that I saw. I came across thing called came across the social Internet at some point and uh, somebody had made a suggestion that. The two worst teams should play on a Thursday night before wild card weekend. Obviously, this is past, so you know you can't do it last minute. But those two worst teams would play, and the winner would get the number one pick. I mean, what what do you what do you think about that? I mean, they've already added the seventh team on each side to to make the make it 14 teams now that can make it into the playoffs given the first the given the number 1 seed to buy not the one and the two so they made that change in the playoffs I mean hey you know I I you know I think this could be a good idea I think it would bring some sort of um excitement to to the, to the game a little bit um a little bit more gamesmanship um, maybe you can't just outright tank, you know, and get all the way to that top pick. Uh, but if this were to happen right now, uh, the, technically the two worst teams would be Carolina and uh, and our Washington Commanders. But um, due to the trade from last year with Chicago and Carolina moving up to get Bryce Young, Chicago holds that pick. So in this instance, I guess, I mean. Who I, I guess it technically Carolina would have to battle the Commanders on behalf of the Bears. So um, the Bears fans would be cheering for the Commanders so that they could have the first overall pick anyway. Or hell, Commanders fans would want to lose so that they could have the number one overall pick. Probably I don't know. There's so much to that, but let me know at all our social platforms, folks at Believe Commanders on Twitter. Let us know. Jump over there and let me know something if that is a good idea for you. I think that that would be kind of cool. I mean, if you think about this, the the NBA has uh, they've implemented the in season tournament, the in season tournament, and it just it was a little bit of something that was early on in the year that gave teams a reason to play these players and play their superstars, uh, and it came with a cash prize. It came with a cash prize, and, and there was a reason for. 
you know, these these superstars to play because I think they got like half a million or a quarter million dollars, something like that. Um, if you're if the team won, I think it, I think Denver won it. No, I don't know. I, I should have looked that up. But either way, in season tournament is something to spice things up. I mean, I think the NBA always has ways to do that. Uh, they seem to be a little bit ahead of the curve in relation to you know the NFL when you're trying to add in uh, you know just auxiliary events, right? They had the Pro Bowl and they kind of got back to making it. Now they brought it back as with the skills challenge, which I do like. Um, the flag football aspect, I do like that as well. Uh, because, I mean, you see a lot, a lot – well, you could say that's where the game is going, but with more kids getting involved and uh, young girls getting involved in flag football and, and kids getting involved earlier in sports with flag football, um, hell, it makes sense to make at least a Pro Bowl that instance because you don't want to put your high-profile players out there for one more uh, collision, even if it is, you know, in the Pro Bowl setting. So it's not necessarily as serious, but – Anyways, I do think that that would be cool. Show me that one last game. Uh, <laughs> ironically enough, like, do you have to? Uh, would you have to pay the players a little bit more? Um, you know, I guess, I guess, I guess everybody couldn't just pack it in. I don't know, but let me know. Sh- a shout out to us. Give us a shout on uh, social media at Believe Commanders uh, on Twitter. Do you think that it would be a good idea to have those third that one last Thursday before the Wild Card Weekend? And it would be the perfect cap to those Amazon Prime games. That's what they were saying. Uh, so let me know over there on Twitter, and we'll talk on that. Now, this next spot, we're going to talk about just the, the last round of those playoffs. My gosh, NFL playoffs, divisional round. Um, there were some really, really good games overall in my in my eyes. Um, the, the script writers were on it. Um, they, they were re going back and reusing some old, some old storylines, if you will, of, uh, of, of history, you know, with teams that maybe they didn't like to have that part come up in, in their stories, but, uh, go up there to Baltimore, not, not to Baltimore. Uh, we're, we're going to Buffalo, Kansas city went on the road to Buffalo. Everybody was questioning Patrick Mahomes. Can he do it on the road? He's always played at home so on and so forth, and all they did is go up there and win that game. All they did is go up there and win that game, and at the end of the game, kicker for Buffalo ends up going wide right, wide right. And if you know anything about NFL history, you know that the Bills' historic run in the early 90s, that was, you know, unfortunately, uh, wide right was was something that came up a couple times for, the, for that team. So uh, having that happen again in the playoffs, having had such consistent success with what they built in Buffalo behind Josh Allen, uh, Sean McDermott, you know, what they got going up there is special. But this is their this is their last hurdle that they have to get over. Uh, and this was their best chance to do it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, moving forward with that team. And uh, Baltimore. Baltimore took on that young Texans team. They ended up being too much for them. Uh, but, man, the Texans had a hell of a run. The Texans really did. I, I know early on in the year, and even last year, I said, guys, watch out for this Texans team because their defense was feisty. They played with a tenacity. Um, and then you added in you know, a young coach and a guy who had been at the organization, drafted by the organization, and D'Amico Ryans. That brings that, That's going to bring some validity to it. You know that brings a validity to things. I mean, uh, and and this will be a good a good thing to touch on. So I'm gonna hold on this, but this that brings a validity things to to the current player. Um, 
but their success has been immaculate. It's, it's awesome to see what D'Amico Ryans has done with that team. C.J. Stroud has quieted the haters and the doubters. And I was I was up there. I was like, I don't know about Ohio State quarterbacks. And he says, don't worry about it. I got it. Um, he's holding it down for him, and you know he's he's had a hell of a year, and it's been absolutely exciting to see. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do moving down into the future. I mean, they made Nico Collins a, a big time receiver, um, and Bobby Slowick Jr. He's done a hell of a job uh, calling plays and making sure that this team is is able to show up and execute on offense. So shout out to them. But but those Ravens, my gosh, talk about a talented team. Talk about a talented team. You've got receivers on the outside that are making plays. Zay Flowers is absolutely electric uh, underneath uh, underneath the routes, and he can go. He can get behind you as well. I mean, and then you have to worry about Lamar Jackson. You know, so it's literally a pick your poison. Um, and I find it that it is it's fitting that this man he's having such success, and, and I'm glad he is because after this offseason where the you know the, the team was like go out and you can talk to anybody and. And they were questioning if he was going to be able to get his contract. He's gotten that, and he's had the uh, top return so far, in my opinion. In in comparison to everybody else who's gotten paid, uh, this guy has done nothing but take his team to the AFC Championship game on the brink of getting into a Super Bowl. So, you know, we'll see what they're going to do. They're going to face against Kansas City coming up in that championship weekend. Uh, going over here to this NFC side, San Francisco had a, a this is a historic matchup uh, for folks my age, forty years old. You're forty, uh, you know, maybe mid thirties is up to forty five and and up and beyond. You remember just seeing the the countless times that you had Steve Young going up against Brett Favre and Candlestick, and and those were just just games you sat there in front of the TV and would soak in. I, I loved watching those games, seeing Deion Sanders over there lining up against Sterling Sharp. Uh, you're seeing Amon Green. You're seeing uh, Reggie White out there rushing, Terrell Owens, Jerry Rice, just so many great players in those matchups. Uh, that was rekindled uh, with San Francisco and Green Bay matching up this past Sunday. Um, and Jordan Love, he's, he's had a hell of a season, but it came down to just one crucial decision. And I saw a clip. They they ran it up against a Brett Favre clip where he made an essential, essentially the exact same throw, uh, really bad decision to throw it back across the body. Um, but in that game, Jordan just throw that thing out of bounds. And he knows that. I mean, they've showed that on the tape. Um, I got to give a hat tip to Matt LaFleur. He's he's really had that team going really well. Um, they've grown. Darnell Savage is a hell of a player over there on defense. So you know, they're going to make some noise for a while. Um, and, you know, they're not giving up the full, you know, bit of power to the Detroit Lions um, who, who – are going to go into the uh, NFC Championship game against San Francisco. But uh, shout out to Matt LaFleur, what he's doing down there in Green Bay. And we talk about Detroit. Talk about Dan Campbell. My goodness. He's an intense individual. If you ever met him in person, he's an intense individual. Um, But he's a good dude, and you can tell that he gets the most out of his team. Um, It's been amazing what he's been able to do. Uh, young offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, a, a player in the NFL for a long, long time, and now he's been coaching for a while. Defensive coordinator coordinator over there in Detroit. There, everything's cooking for them. 
everything is cooking for them. They took on Tampa Bay, uh, ended up being too much for Tampa Bay uh, and and put on for Detroit. They're going on the road to go play against San Francisco. And, and San Francisco is a very talented team. And I, I was talking to talking to a camper this morning um, and, and she was saying, I was like, I don't know if, if uh, I don't know what San Francisco is going to do without Debo. And I say, well, you know, he's a, he is, he's a, definitely a weapon, um, talented player, but it's one of those situations where you, you know, that it's, it's a time where you're going to have to step up. And I, and I don't know the severity of the injury and, and I'm not, you know, trying to sit there and, and say that, you know, he's not tough or anything that they could do is tough. Right. Dude's tough. Uh, you know, there's a point you say when he goes out in the game against Green Bay and like, well, he didn't come back and they say that he tried him like at that instance, like it probably, you know, that may have been at the the highest level of, of pain that he was in at that point. And then you got to think to go right back out there and to continue to put that shoulder under punishment for the rest of the game. And with his play style didn't make a lot of sense. So they were able to handle business against Green Bay without him. Uh, but now they're going against uh, going up against Detroit. Secondary isn't necessarily uh, that scary, I guess. You know, they don't have a Jair Alexander over there, but they play really well as a unit. And Aaron Glenn has gotten a lot out of them. Um, but, you know, once again, with the way the Debo plays, his physicality, you know, his shoulder is going to be a big thing to pay attention to. Um, so, you know, in my time in 2012 in Washington, I got injured in training camp, ended up separating my – right AC joint. That's where your, your collarbone connects out here to uh, you know some other bones kind of on the outside part of your shoulder. Well, uh, mine separated, I call it Marvin. Um, and it is, it was painful as hell to, to be real. It was painful as hell. I'm talking about, it took, took me a good two weeks uh, to get back from that. And, you know, this was in training camp, so you could be a little bit more patient with the timing, I guess, but Ultimately, you know, if he's suffering from something like that, I mean, I'm sure he you know, he's going to take some Tylenol or, uh, you know, some sort of pain medication to try to numb, numb that down. But the more time that he can get away from having to utilize it and, and get hit on it is going to be the best thing. It's going to allow some healing to happen. Uh, but, hey, man, it's the NFC Championship game. Chance to go to the Super Bowl uh, Sunday, 5.30 p.m., he, I would expect Debo Samuel to be there. As Bill Belichick would say, don't worry, he'll be there. Uh, I think Detroit gets to gets to worry about that. Um, now you talk about those matchups. Talk about those matchups over there. If you're on Bet Online, uh, you said that you went over there to BetOnline.ag. You're using our code, right? So you're obviously listening to what I'm talking about. You go over there, use our code. You're going to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus. And you can bet on these different odds, okay? So these different lines, here's the current line over here at Bet Online. We're recording this on 24th, okay? So uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are on the road to the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites, okay? Three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Over-under set at 44-and-a-half. And then the Detroit Lions are on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are seven-point favorites. Over-under is set at 51. Uh, so if you go over there and you want to make those bets, feel free, all right? Feel free. Now, when I look at these two games, 2 o'clock on Sunday, the 28th, Kansas City riding up there to Baltimore. You got Kansas City barbecue going against the uh, the, the the crab, uh, crab cake, everything crab, really, in Baltimore uh, with some Old Bay on the top. Um, that right there is going to be an electric atmosphere. 
It's going to be electric atmosphere. First time AFC championship game has been in Baltimore since uh, I think it was 1958, something along that. It's been a long time. Been a long time since there's been some championship ball going on in Baltimore, and, and I think that they're gonna put it on for the city. I really do. You, I mean, you start. Uh, let's compare the let's compare the teams. Number one, you start at the quarterback on both sides. I, I think that you have to say that that's a wash. They they are both just talented players. They are both talented players. You, Lamar Jackson has been absolutely electric this year. He's throwing the ball. He's running the ball. He's he's doing everything that he wants to do on that football field, um, and he's having success with it. So, you know, hey, you got to look at look at that as making him one of the top players in the league, if not the best player in the league. But then on the other side, you got Patrick Mahomes. And now I can tell you, this is a matchup I would love to see year in and year out. Right, year in and year out. But Patrick Mahomes, we know who he is. We know what he's done. Um, and you know, he, you got to see if he's going to have some magic that he can bring on the road uh, going against Lamar Jackson. Because I mean, if, if you go look at the overall running attack, you know that Baltimore is going to do that more. Right, they're going to attack with that run, uh, challenging Chris Jones and the rest of that defense, that defensive front with that physicality. Uh, but but the thing is, is that that play action gets activated. And then you have to worry about Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers. You got to worry about Marcel Bate, uh, Bateman as well. You got to worry about Nelson Aguilar. You got to worry about Mark Andrews. You got a lot of options. And then, oh, obviously, yes, you got to worry about Lamar Jackson because he's going to get active. He's going to get activated like, with his feet. And then that's, that's going to change how you're going to have to play him. I mean, the good thing is Kansas City has uh, Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton over there, young fellow out of Frisco, Lone Star, uh, Frisco, Texas. The guy is a hell of a linebacker. And I, I would anticipate he's going to be keeping eyes on Lamar, uh, trying to you know stay with him as much as he can, limit his ability to get outside of the pocket with his legs. So watch out for Nick Bolton to have a big game. Um, let's flip sides. We obviously know that it's Patrick Mahomes. He's going to have to do his thing. Isaiah Pacheco runs hard, but they're going up against two of the most talented linebackers in football. Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, these guys are top tier. It's like having Mike Singletary uh, lined up next to Ray Lewis and just like that's not fair. It's a it's a Madden roster over here of linebacker core. These guys are going to put so much pressure on on you know this defensive on this offensive front and how they are able to attack and get after these players. So Isaiah Pacheco runs he runs the ball angry, uh, but he's going to be get met with a couple of angry individuals as well. Um, that secondary Kyle Hamilton, very talented young player, uh, big rangy guy. He's going to be matched up with Travis Kelsey, I would say. And athletically, you think he'd be able to stick with him. But Kelsey's sneaky. Kelsey is a vet. He's going to find his way open. He's going to get his catches here and there. But it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be really interesting to see what goes on there. Um, Got to give a little bit, of, a little bit of an edge to to the old to the old guy to be a little bit more to be a little savvy. But hey, when you, Kyle Hamilton's athletic, uh, got a little bit of speed to him. So he may do okay. So we'll see. It's gonna be a good, gonna be a matchup to pay attention to. Outside, Baltimore has Marlon Humphrey, obviously their lead dog, um, but don't necessarily don't necessarily see them following anybody per se. I don't think this is a matchup type uh, game, but you have to watch the big place. Uh, Tamarquez Valdez Scantling, he's going to be able to to stretch the field vertically. Um, but I think this is going to come down to 
how do you limit those big plays for Baltimore? Baltimore's defense, I should say. How does the Baltimore's defense limit Kansas City's big plays? If they are not, if, if, if Patrick Mahomes can't attack vertically, I think that that's a bad game plan for them. I don't think that that plays well. And he's, and he's, he's able to be patient and, and wait to take his shots, but you got to understand on the other side, you've got a, you've got a team that, that scores a lot of points, very dangerous offense. And I don't think that you can afford to get down early. Uh, I mean, we, we've seen all of the images and the memes of the games where it's like, hey, the score has been very much skewed uh, away from Kansas City's favor. And they ended up winning it. Um, the, the way the Ravens have been playing this year, you got to think that they'd be able to carry that momentum and close out games. They've been doing it all year. Uh, they've been doing it all year. But this time they've got, you know, the champ coming into the building, got Super Bowl winner coming into the building. They say that if you want to get on top of the mountain, you got to knock the king off the top of the mountain. So, hey, this is your chance. Uh, I, I think that the Ravens hold on. I do. I think that the Ravens hold on, but Kansas City will cover. So I would take Kansas City with the points, but I think I would take Baltimore on that money line. Uh, over here, let's take, a, take it out to California, Detroit Lions versus the San Francisco 49ers. Um, this is exciting. This is exciting because you've got uh, a young, fiery team. Coming into San Francisco, San Francisco is absolutely stacked. I mean, let's be real. Call it what it is. They are stacked. Uh, Christian McCaffrey playing some of his best football um, in his career. Obviously, Debo Samuel, you know who he is, what he's able to do. Brandon Ayuk is having a hell of a year as well. Um, Talented player. George Kittle is still George Kittle. He's able to do some things. Uh, Up front, you've got Trent Williams, still one of the best in the game, if not the best left tackle in the game. And then the guy in the middle that's that's orchestrating everything, he's managing it, whatever you want to call it. Brock Purdy is having a hell of a season. He's doing a good job. Um, And and I would would push back on if you're saying him being a manager is – a negative thing. Sometimes you got to be able to keep the team out of bad situations, right? Sometimes it's, you don't have to force the throws. I've seen Brock Purdy make big throws. Like he's thrown the dig into what looks like triple coverage, but Brandon Ayuk skies up above and snatches the ball out of the air. That's a big time throw. And it's also trusting your guy. Now, just because you're able to manage the game throughout the other portions of it doesn't mean that it's a negative thing. So um, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. But you're looking at this matchup. This is this is uh, Jared Goff. He's going back to Cali again. Right. He's going back to Cali. Obviously, he was drafted uh, by the Rams um, and then he's made his way to the Detroit Lions. Now he's going back up north because you know he went to school at Cal. Uh, Cal's obviously up north, so he's going to be playing against his, essentially, he calls his hometown team. Hometown team, um, a bit of a homecoming for him. How is he going to handle that pressure? I mean, he's going up against a, an electric defense. It's led by Fred Warner, who's the best middle linebacker. And by, we just talked about the other guys over there, uh, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen in Baltimore. But Fred, Fred Warner's been at the top of the game for a few years now, um, and he's absolutely dynamic. Now, w- with the way that Jared Goff likes to work into Sam Laporta and uh, Amon Ross St. Brown across the middle, Fred Warner is going to be somebody, and Andre Greenlaw, those guys are going to be very important with what goes down 
uh, in the middle of the uh, of this of this game because that's where Jerry Goff likes to attack. He likes to attack inside, right in between those hashes as he controls this game. Um, we go back to the backfield for the for the Lions. Jameer Gibbs, uh, David Montgomery. Uh, he's having a, a resurgence, I think. He's he's getting utilized properly. He was, I think he was a solid running back in, in Chicago. Um, and now he's in Detroit, and he's, he's able to have some success still. And Jameer Gibbs has been exact, uh, absolutely electric, uh, absolutely electric because he has uh, – he, everybody flinched when he was drafted up by what sixth overall, all right? He was drafted sixth and he's come up here and he's delivered. So they picked correctly. Brad Holmes, the GM over there, has done a great job with that. Uh, getting good players in there, they're going to be useful, but they're going to have a challenge as well. Like I mentioned, you got one, you got Nick Bosa up front. Um, he's going to be causing havoc. You do have Chase Young on the opposite side. We know that. Uh, DeForest Buckner on the inside as well. No, is he not there? I don't think he's there anymore, but uh, either way, strong defensive line. You got Fred Warner, Dre, Glink, Dre Greenlaw as well, talented uh, linebacker. So you're going to have to get active in that running game, knowing that you're going to be uh, showing up against some people that are really, really, really angry, trying to hit you pretty hard. Uh, outside receiver-wise, you know, receiver-wise, uh, it's mostly I'm on Ross St. Brown and, and, and Sam Laporta. Those are the, the two guys I mentioned. But you got Josh Reynolds as well. Um, they're going to be able to get uh, get some passes thrown their way going up against a sort of young secondary with San Francisco. Um, but Amon Ra is the guy that makes things happen for them. And it's going to be interesting to see how, how they handle him, how San Francisco handles Amon Ra, St. Brown, knowing that he's going to be a favorite target for, for Jared Goff. Um, but I think the game plan for Detroit, get the ball out of your hands quickly. Uh Stay ahead of the sticks. Do not get in third and long situations. You don't want Nick Bosa to get activated um, and be in that position to where he can affect the game like you, like you know that he can. Uh, flipping sides, other offense, we already mentioned all of the talented players over there for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, they're going to have to deal with Aiden Hutchison. Right, he's going to be over there working off that right side, so he's not going to be going against Trent Williams all day. But if they do match up, pay attention to that because that's going to be something to see. A little young gun uh, for the Lions going against uh, the old silverback himself, Trent Williams. Um, that'd be a good matchup if they do get to line up against each other. Uh, you got Blake Martinez at the, at the linebacker position, Kirby Joseph out there at the corner safety position, Brian Branch, a lot of interchangeable pieces. Um, you know, maybe they don't make a lot of big plays in that secondary, but they're able to get things done. Aaron Glenn does a good job putting them in position to be successful, uh, and they find ways to get wins. Um, they went against a pretty talented offensive uh, offensive core with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin as well. Um, but, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he got an interception on Baker Mayfield. Um, so that, that spat got handed on the field, but you know, there's, there are some playmakers over there for the Lions. There are playmakers over there on the Lions, and it's going to be a battle to see what does Aaron Glenn dial up and are they going to be able to affect Brock Purdy, right? That's, that's, that's the, that's the key right there. Are you able to get into his head and, and throw Brock Purdy off? I mean, you got to assume that all the stars are going to be stars, but you got to make sure you get those guys the ball. So, are, are, you know, what, what's Detroit? Uh, what, are, what are the 49ers going to do? How are they going to handle the pass rush? All right. They have to stay out of those bad situations. They got to eliminate negative plays. Um, but there's enough creativity with how they handle things that, that 
you can attack them. You can, you can, they can attack you in multiple ways. And so it'll be interesting to see. But you obviously know you're going to see a lot of Christian McCaffrey uh, in what capacity is you going to be straight running the ball. If they're able to get downhill and run the ball, this is going to be a very long day for the Lions. Uh, but if the run gets stifled and they put the ball into Brock Purdy's hands, that's when things are going to get interesting. Not that he can't handle it. But that's when the game's going to get interesting because uh, it's going to force the young guy to actually go out there and make some plays, um, make some tight throws, and, and, and going to have to pay attention if Debo is going to be there as well. Uh, and these games matter. I'll tell you what, these games matter. They matter to the coaching search for the commanders. Uh, as we mentioned uh, before, um, and do me a favor, folks. Matter of fact, jump over there on Twitter, at Believe Commanders. Let me know uh, what are your thoughts on some of those championship games. What do you got? Um, who you think? You think the Lions are going to do it on the road? They're seven-point dogs, mind you. I didn't make my pick in that regard. Um, I'm going to take the seven points. I think San Francisco will cover that. I think that they will. Probably a late field goal, something like that, that just extends it. Um, but ultimately, I just think that they have too much firepower. Somebody is going to make a play. For San Francisco, that's going to be able to to break this thing open in a sense, but I don't I don't necessarily see it being a just a barn burner where you just that you know San Francisco just runs away with it. So let me take the San Francisco. I will take those points on that one. All right, uh, I take the over on both of those games. Uh, to be honest, I take the over on both of them. The the first game over, it probably be slow in the first half. Second half would be all fireworks. All fireworks. Okay, now let's transition real quickly to the head coaching side of things for those Washington commanders. Uh, we already talked about basically all these head coaches that they're waiting to interview. They're all playing in games right now. Ben Johnson with the Lions. You've got uh, Aaron Glenn with the Lions. You've got Mike McDonald with the Ravens. Um, these guys are still coaching. These guys are still coaching, and so they're not going to be able to interview them until the 29th of January. Uh, and it, and all signs are pointing that it's going to be Ben Johnson. Um, you know, he's he's done a pretty solid job um, with his time up there in Detroit, you know, working with um, Jared Goff and that offense, and, and they've been able to run the ball as well. So it's interesting to see what, what he may bring. He's coming to the table. Um, but the Washington has interviewed Eric Bieniemy. Um, they said that interview was very detailed. And, you know, I, I believe that. I mean, you know, Eric's had the uh, – EB's had the whole year – uh, to work with the team. He's going to know the most about everybody. Um, and so, you know, uh, to his advantage, he's able to take that information and then project what he thinks this roster could look like and how that may fit with whatever uh, this coaching staff or, or this ownership group is going to see for this team moving forward. Um, you know, I, I do think it's going to be tough to keep EB. I really do. Uh, and I, I want the guy to get a head coaching job. I, I think he's definitely deserved it. Uh, he's done more than enough. He's done more than enough. Uh, but I think he definitely deserved to get a, a chance somewhere. Somebody give this man a gig. But with the new ownership group and the way that they've handled things, you'd have to think, you'd have to think that they're going to go and turn the page and go somewhere new. Uh, to go somewhere new. But let me know on Twitter, do y'all think EB should be around? Do you think that he'll be an OC? Will he be an OC in Washington? Who knows? I I, I have no clue. Um, but he definitely should be a head coach somewhere. Um, Washington has second interview set up with Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris. Uh, Raheem was previously with Washington. He's been an assistant head coach in a couple of spaces. He's been a head coach in Tampa Bay. Uh, so he's had some head coaching experience. Um 
But, um, you know, I, I think these second interviews are something that you're going to do anyway, since you do have the time because you are waiting for uh, what are the favorites of Ben Johnson. Um, ben Johnson, young fellow out of UNC. I think he walked on at UNC, worked his way up through Miami, a few other organizations and spent uh, his past couple of seasons here in uh, in Detroit. So he's a, he's been a fast riser up this program, up this ladder. Um and everything's pointing to him to be in the guy. So uh, every every week I pay attention to how that offense plays. And my one question, my one question is just, you don't know what you're always going to get when you when you go to a young guy. And his teams look really good with a veteran. All right, and the the, the only that's that only caveat where you're like, okay, the young guy, you, the young guy may not perform like that veteran does, like being able to process things quickly like that. Now, to dump things on, they had another coaching candidate for Washington, Bobby Slowick. You know, he just, uh, I think he's interviewing. He just interviewed or he is interviewing soon. Um, he's a rookie OC and he has a rookie cor- uh, rookie player as well. So, a rookie quarterback and CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. Um, so, that kind of dumps that on its head. So, but, but you never, you never really know. You never really know uh, what you're going to get. But if you assume with what, you know, his resume looks like, Ben Johnson's resume looks like up there uh, so far in Detroit, that you think that that's going to translate over. And then being able to pick your own quarterback. Now, I think that, hey, you got to if you're going to go young quarterback, just please give these folks some time. Just give them a little bit of time. You understand there could be a couple of bumps here and there, but ultimately they should get on the same page and, and move forward and succeed. Um, I do think Aaron Glenn would be an interesting hire as well. Excuse me. But I think the overall. I think the overall trend is this going back to what I said in the beginning. Is that there's younger is the way to go. With a lot of these teams, I think this just the way that they're getting built. Um, and the way that you're able to connect the players to understand the newer nuances of the game, the creativity uh, that's a part of the game, you know, allowing guys to, you know, have a little bit of say in some play call and play design. I was watching quarterback and they talked about that with the Chiefs and Andy Reid enjoyed when the players came up with plays because they had some ownership behind it. Um, there's some things about former players that are getting gigs now young that, that are former players that are in, you know, that you watch play in recent, you know, recent history, past 20, 30 years or so. Right. Aaron Glenn's having success under Dan Campbell, former player uh, in the league. You're, you're looking at D'Amico Ryans had a quick ascent. Now he's leading the team as a head coach. You know, anybody from the Shanahan tree seems to be having some success as well, but they're all younger guys also. Right. So, you know, turning that page, um, going to a younger, a younger coach, uh, I think it starts. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. It really does. It's not that. And it's not even that the other guys aren't aren't, you know, uh, qualified. I mean, they obviously are. They're up for they're up for jobs. Right. With, you know, Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris. But I, I do think now, hey, you got to consider, you know, taking that trend towards a, a slightly younger coach to, to relate to your players a little bit more um, and allow them to bring the best out of them out there on that field and be able to push the envelope a little bit. Um, it seems like with this ownership group, they've shown, hey, they're willing to do things. Uh, I don't want to say 
uh, unconventionally, but in ways that haven't been handled here in Washington in recent history. Right. They're willing to take a different path to get some things done. Um, and, and that's good to be innovative. Right. Uh, to, to, to think about things in a different light and say, hmm, you know, let's address it this way. Let's take some time to come up with a qualified list and, and see which way we want to go. But all in all, jump over there on Twitter. Y'all let me know. Or on X, I should say we got to update that. I'm going to update that to say X. Hit us up over there on X at Believe Commanders. Let me know. Let us know. Me and Brian, what are your thoughts on the head coaching chatter? I mean, are you? Uh, is it for sure? Uh, ben Johnson, young fella out of, out of Detroit. I mean, do you think that's him? Do you think there's going to be somebody else that they try to swoop in and kind of, you know, catch you off guard, if you will? But they've already got their favorite. GM, the top GM candidate, Adam Peters, they already got him in the building. Is he able to get the top head coaching candidate in Ben Johnson? You let me know over there on Twitter. Um, shoot, let us know. Hey, where, 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 where should EB go? What do you think is going to go on with EB? I would love to have him in the organization. I would, yeah, he definitely needs to be a head coach somewhere, but, man, it's going to be tough. And also, folks, let us know what's up with these championship games what are your picks we'd love to hear what you guys got going on uh don't forget guys use our code believe at uh believe use our code believe at betonline.ag goodness betonline.ag that's your number one source for all your sports betting needs and y'all it is where the game starts look here y'all y'all continue to set the stand i'm gonna go ahead and let you go you get out of here be good keep your mind right have that right mindset folks and i'm gonna tell you this Y'all be good. We'll catch you guys on the next episode of Believe in Commanders. I'm Anthony Armstrong. Y'all stay safe. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.